The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Um, have you tried to buy a second-hand car lately or even to buy a new car? There's, there's two separate issues. There's a huge shortage of new cars and the price of second-hand cars has gone right up. Uh, Transport and motoring journalist Connor Faulkner joins me to discuss a few elements of this. Connor, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Hello. Good. Let's start with the price of second-hand cars. Higher mm. than they've been for a long, long time. Why? Yeah, the couple of reasons. They've gone up, um, they're actually up about 60% across them. Now, it depends on the car. Um, but they're hugely more expensive than they were pre-pandemic. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that, and they are connected, really. The first is one you talked about there. There's a shortage of new cars, and that's basically because production lines have slowed down across the continent of Europe because of um, you know, the supply of essential parts, etc. We had the pandemic followed by the disruption in the Ukraine, and that has physically slowed down the arrival of new cars. So the lack of availability of new cars immediately puts pressure on second hand, and we've seen that happen. But the other big one is the difference that Brexit has made on importing cars from the UK. Right. Um, because, you know, for years, uh, quite a significant number of cars were, second hand cars were imported from the UK or from Northern Ireland. Yes. Yes. Now, it was always a complicated thing to do, but if you knew what you were doing, and if, you know, particularly if you were buying an expensive car, uh, you could, you could, get a decent saving doing that. Yeah. Uh, now, that saving is less available now. Um, the sterling has got stronger. The VAT rules are tougher. Post-Brexit, while you can still do it, it's a more complicated undertaking to bring in a car from the UK. Yeah, a friend of mine did and it a few years ago, drove up the north, bought a car, bought a lovely car, yeah. brought it home, and there was a bit of paperwork involved. What has changed well, VAT is now charged um, even on second hand. You see, we were never truly in the single market for cars. We have this contrivance called vehicle registration tax, which we actually you know, sold to the EU 20 years ago because we didn't want to be part of that single market because uh, we wanted to keep taxing cars. So we have registration tax, which you must pay on import, um, and, and that has to be added to UK prices. And we've also had the sterling change since Brexit. Sterling is actually significantly stronger against the euro than it was a couple of years years ago, paradoxically, as both fall against the dollar. Uh, and the other thing is the uh, additional VAT charges that apply. Now, there are also complications, which is why if you are bringing a car in from the UK, you really know what you ha- have to know what you're doing. That Because of the Brexit changes, there's a difference between a car that was re- registered in the UK in the first instance, and you're now importing to Ireland, and one that was previously imported into the UK and is now being exported again. So, oh, bewildering complications, but they could add, that that additional one could add a 10% customs duty to the car. And you have to, when you arrive in Ireland, you have to declare the car to customs and you've 30 days to pay all the various taxes. Now, the, the revenue are actually very helpful in that regard for calculating your VRT and all of that. But all of these things are additional obstacles and additional cost. So if you say to yourself, Irish second-hand cars, much too expensive in Cork, I'm not going to buy in Cork, I'm going to go and buy in Wales and I'll bring it in. That, that was more feasible a couple of years ago than it is now. Yeah. So that, you know, that supply of second-hand cars is being tightened up as well. So shortage of new cars, uh, a shortage of second-hand cars, therefore, in Ireland, and Brexit complications. And, and a reason why it could get worse before it gets better, PJ, 
is that over the last couple of years during the pandemic, we, we sold relatively few new cars yeah. in Ireland. New car sales were down a bit. And of course, today's new car is a car that's going to be in the second-hand market in three, four, five, seven years' time. Yeah. So the pipeline isn't being filled either. So all of those things in, 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 in combination. Yeah. Come back to me on the VR, VRT. I read an article mm. in the last couple of days, an interesting one, that said that VRT, as it by itself, is making Ireland an unattractive market for new cars, particularly as opposed to the UK, where we both drive on the same side of the road, Ireland is far less attractive to the makers and sellers of new cars at the moment. Well, yes and no. I mean, it is true that the a, a car is more expensive in Ireland because of local taxes. Car manufacturers calculate on the basis of the metal price plus what the market will bear. So the metal price is what it costs the manufacturer to make the car. And that's the same whether the car is going to London or going to Cork um, or going to Copenhagen or, or Munich. Right. Um, so that's the metal price. What the, what, the de- what the makers will then do is they'll calculate what the market will bear. So they know in Ireland what the market will bear you know, even with Irish taxes. So funnily enough, a, a pre-tax car is actually cheaper in Ireland than it is in the UK, paradoxically. But way. once the taxes are paid, yeah, I know. And, and you know, car manufacturers just, you know, do, do what they do. I mean, and they're, they're looking to maximize profit, etc. So in a high taxation market like Denmark, uh, uh, like Ireland, they will do their best to squeeze down the metal price uh, so they can still sell their cars. Uh, um, so it, it is true that VRT makes cars more expensive here. Um, and the fact that we're right-hand drive, same as the UK, that that does mean that we're sort of, uh, you know, we're we're last on the list when 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 strategic decisions are being made by by global car manufacturers because we're so small. Uh, we, we, you know, if the UK wants cars and global manufacturers supply them, um, the immediate consequence of that is more cars being available for us. Um, and and it, you know, if the UK market is less buoyant and car manufacturers are therefore less likely to produce for it. Because we're also right-hand drive, yeah. we we suffer the consequence of that. I, I'm I'm still sort of trying to take in your last comment that the yeah. pre-tax price of a car here yeah. is less than the pre-tax price. Yeah, of you know, when, when when you take two identical cars rolling off a production line in Cologne or somewhere in France, uh, uh, you know, the cost of the, to the manufacturer at that stage is identical. And um, what will determine what the local consumer pays is uh, is local taxes. So in the UK, there's relatively modest local taxes. There's there's a smaller rate of VRT, or sorry, there's a smaller rate of VAT, and VRT doesn't exist at all. Uh, whereas in Ireland, you have those additional taxes. Taxes and they add about about between them VRT varies, but about between them about say twenty twenty five percent to the price that the consumer will pay. The manufacturer, knowing that, um, as I say, the the, the metal price, the pre tax price, um, will regularly be cheaper in Ireland than it is in the UK, even though the consumer pays more at the end. Yeah. How are we still getting away with <laughs> VRT? Well, you know, it happens in lots. Of, yeah, well, VRT was a Swiss. VRT was an Irish exemption 
transition to the single European market. Those who were long enough in the tooth will remember that we voted to enter the single market in in, in one of our European referenda. Um, but the Irish government almost immediately thereafterwards, in 1993, I think it was, um, secured the exemption whereby, you know, we, we were not in a single market for vehicles. If we were, our, our excise duty would have become illegal. Um, so instead, we basically changed excise duty to a tax on the registration plate. Uh, and that tax on the registration plate, or VRT, has been in existence ever since. So it, it, it was an Irish evasion of the single European market obligations created VRT, and we still have it now. Uh, I'd love to see the back of it. I can't see it happening no, anytime it's soon. It's too much because- of an early, really. Well, it is and it isn't because it kind of suppresses demand. But yes, obviously, it it is a, a chunky earner for government. And what they'll do with it in the long run is what they do with other taxes that are unpopular. They'll give it an environmental brand name. Uh, where do you see it? It'll it'll be called it'll be called you know carbon consumption tax or something like that because who could who could be against that? And away we will keep paying. They do the same on fuel. I mean, the you know excise duty on fuel is sort of gradually being replaced by uh, or renamed as carbon tax make a blind bit of difference to you and I when we buy the stuff. Um, but, but at least it has a label that, that, that helps government sell it. So, you know, th- those sort of cynical manoeuvres were ever thus. And I guess before we get too cynical, when we say government, you know, that's that's Ireland Inc., isn't it, PJ? Ah, yeah. You know, ah, we yeah. do yeah. No, no, I, 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 the history of VRT, I, I bought my first car pre-VRT, so I know exactly about the history of VRT and what it did to price. Yeah. Actually, uh, two things before I let you go. On the, on the side of the road issue, there is a TikTok mm. hashtag to change the side of the road we drive on at the moment. Sweden did it, I think. <laughs> I mean, do you think there's any Sweden chance... Di- well, the short the short answer is no, and not because of us. Sweden did do it back in the 60s. Um, massive undertaking, but, you know, hey, they did it. Uh, for us to do it here in Ireland would not be feasible for loads and loads of reasons. I wrote a piece about it once, actually, the origins of it, etc. <laughs> um, but it's not just us and the Brits. Uh, so the Indians also have the same convention, and there's a, over no, a billion they, of they, them. They drive in and, the shade, Connor. They drive in the shade. Yeah, well, exactly. And the other one, very importantly, is Japan, oh. uh, which independently came up with the same convention. So it's not actually just us and the Brits. It's about 20% of the world population. And the reason why we don't change is that just, the, you know, the, the, the remedy is worse than the disease. The, the, the sheer physical scale of doing it, we would obviously have to do it in coordination with the Brits. And if we decided to do it together, um, you know, everything from the road signs, all the buses would have doors that opened into the middle of the road. Uh, you know, for, for, for a generation and more, you'd have both types of vehicles yeah. on the road simultaneously. You can see, you can see the hurdles. Singers, yeah. You can see the hurdles to it. Yeah, the cost again, c- India yeah. and Japan have massive markets though to support it. Come back to me lastly on one more thing and that is the yeah. price of petrol and diesel. I'm noticing mm. noticing it po- dropping by a cent or two uh, to yeah. like 195, 197. Now we know that on the crude market the crude market has stabilised. So, so where it are we going here? Well, it is trending down. And, uh, you know, if you look at the guys selling petrol and diesel in Ireland, the service stations, often independent franchises, legally able to set their own price. There is reasonable price competition for the consumer in Ireland. We're still talk, we're stuck with high oil and stuck with high taxes. But, but on top of those, we have reasonable price competition. So the oil price through the exchange rate broadly gets passed on fairly to the Irish consumer. So you can see that when the oil price comes down, we, we expect that to come through to the pumps, and broadly speaking, it does. Um, but 
still stuck with massive taxes and still stuck with a high oil price and therefore still stuck with high prices at the pumps. But I never thought I'd see the day when we said two quid a litre looked cheap. Um, but, no, but you know, no, it, no, no. It, 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 to be fair, if, if you look at the exchange rate, the wholesale price and the price of a barrel of oil and you put those into the hopper and you look then at what's happening to retail prices in Ireland, actually retail competition in Ireland is, is, is pretty good. Not bad. You know, the, the consumer is getting what's available in terms of low prices, but there's a ceiling, there's a floor below which your prices will not drop because of the dollar, because of oil and because of massive Irish taxes. Pre-COVID, we were looking at as low sometimes as 115 a litre. We're never going back there again, are we? Well, immediately emerging out of COVID, PJ, at one stage, oil was negative in value. The value of a barrel of oil dropped below zero. Mm. You literally had to pay people to take it off your hands. Uh, Twelve months later, we've got economic recovery and then war in Ukraine, and, and, the, and the barrel of oil rockets up. We're, we're, we're very, very beholden to it. Um, you know, this, this drug that humanity is addicted to, um, and the damage and all that it does. But, you know, if a good thing comes out of it, 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 it will have to push us on in terms of the pace of moving away from barrels yeah. of oil to run our economies. More electrification all that, which I guess is a conversation for another day and one we will surely have. Conor Faulkner, uh, transport and motoring journalist. Thanks, Conor. Quartz 96 FM. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.